This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high quality and easy to assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Welcome in, welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast, the only place on the internet where you can get Kansas City Chiefs news and analysis and recommendations for cereals you've never heard of. I'm Patrick Allen, joined as always by Matt Verderam. Verderam, how's things shaking for you this week after a, a grueling Chiefs loss? Doing good. Uh, yeah, that game sucked, but you know, enjoying it. Uh, I had two birthdays in the family this week with my daughter and my wife. And so my parents are out here. There's been a lot going on. Uh, but all in all, good, man. I, I'm excited for another game, another opportunity to win a football game for the Chiefs. Although I do not think this is going to be an easy one. Yeah, we're going to get into all of that. Um, I guess we should kick it off with, as you all know out there in YouTube land, number one, hit that thumbs up button if you're watching. This game is happening just in the wake of Hurricane Ian. There was some speculation as to whether or not the game would be moved. The uh, emergency site was going to be Minneapolis as the Vikings would be playing in London. Fortunately, at least for Tampa Bay, I'm not all up to date on the damage and elsewhere in Florida. Tampa Bay didn't get hit as hard as I understand it. At least that's the line from the NFL. So the game will take place at Raymond James Stadium as planned. Look, all the obvious things aside about the hurricane and we hope you know um, everyone's okay and, and doing well down there and we're sorry for the folks that were impacted the most the fact that this game didn't did, what, did you have any opinion about this game if it happened at a neutral site Verderam? would that have been better for the chiefs closer to home i don't think it really matters i mean i like i i get it if they went to minnesota i mean either way they got to travel right like yeah. i i don't i don't know i mean i know some people say what about crowd noise listen we, we do respect the tampa and obviously you know hope everything's good down there as far as football goes it's not exactly one of the hardest places to play in the nfl yeah so i you know i i, I don't think it really impacts the game one way or the other you know if it was in minnesota it'd be indoors it'd be on turf it's on grass the chiefs have uh, had mahomes down in tampa twice in his career and one time he looked like god and another time he was running for his life so you know i really think it's just how they play not where they play all right well the game is going to go on as scheduled so it'll be sunday night football we'll of course be here we'll have a pre-game show for you a halftime show and a post-game show to get you uh, to get you your analysis on all the action. So we expect to see you all back here on the YouTube channel come Sunday night. But right now, I got to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Kansas City Beer Company. Uh, Kansas City Beer, you know them, you love them. Focuses on German beer styles. They beer they brew their beer according to the German purity laws of 1516, only using malt, hops, water, and yeast. 
Uh, it's delicious. It's amazing to me that they can make something so good out of just four ingredients. And if you've ever had some other basic beers out there, you know that they taste like absolute garbage. Uh, that is not the case with the Kansas City Beer Company. At KC Beer Co. on Twitter, look for those red cartons in your local store. And you can support the Arrowhead Addict podcast by supporting KC Beer Co. Do us a favor and give them a shout out on Twitter, at KC Beer Co. Dare to beer different. All right, let's talk some Chiefs. Um, before we get into the game, I want to kind of put a bow on the Colts loss and, and just, I guess, I get a question for you, Verderan, and for all of you out there in the chat. And I'm asking this question because, because of something I'm personally feeling, which is, and this isn't something I normally feel about the Chiefs, particularly in the Mahomes era. I'm nervous. I'm a little bit nervous about the Chiefs. I might be overreacting, and I'm a fan, so that's fair. We do that, right? What is your confidence level, Verderam, in this Chiefs team? So I think I think there's two separate answers here. Are you asking me my confidence level on them for this weekend, like in terms of like how they'll play this weekend or how they'll like or like will they be okay overall? I would say just kind of right now. How confident are like you, you know, we know that they could be different come December, but like okay. right now as you're sitting here, someone's got right. a gun to your head. Like how confident are you? Well, they got a gun to my head, not very. Um <laughs> the person's not well in the head, then I they have a gun. Uh no, look, I you know what? I think right now I'm at about a you know, on a one to ten scale like a six to seven, I think they're really, really good defensively. And I think by the end of the year, they could be fantastic defensively. They don't even have Trent McDuffie. Willie Gay is in, about to serve the second of, of four games in this suspension. They're, their young players look really, really good, whether it's Watson or it's Carl Loftus or it's Bolton or Gay and McDuffie when they played. Justin Reed looks like a really good addition. Chris Jones has been awesome save for that penalty. Carlos Dunlap's been great. I don't know that you could possibly ask any more out of him, right? Thornhills looked reborn. So I, I'm I'm really excited about the defense. And their special teams as bad as it was in Indianapolis. The second Butker's back, I'm not concerned. Like, they've got enough return men. They'll figure it out. My concern, like I'm sure most people's concern, lies in their offense. I can't be overly concerned because when you have the talent that that offense has, like, at some point, it's going to get straightened out. It's going to happen, right? I mean, I... I, I do think, like, at some point, you do have to understand, like, look, it is a lot of new parts. I think the Arizona game, in a lot of ways, threw everybody off because they just were so great in that game. It just became immediately, like, oh, that's what they are every week. It, well, maybe not. Like, they, they're clearly not. They are going to have their struggles. Now, I think it's a couple of things. Their offensive line has not been what it needs to be. As they get healthier, I think they'll get better. Mahomes has been, at times, scattershot in terms of just taking what the offense is given I believe he will be better. Kelsey still looks like Kelsey. Juju's on pace for a thousand yards, so he's doing his job. I think they will figure that out. But right now, my concern is I feel like the coaching staff is a little unsettled in how they want to play with this offense. Mahomes is a little unsettled in terms of how he wants to play with these new weapons. And you know, all that said, they're two and one. They're leading the division. I feel a hell of a lot more confident through three weeks that they're going to win the division now than I did in the preseason. I mean, who the hell's beating them out in the division? Who's doing it? So. I think by January, like this, they'll be fine. They'll be they'll be Super Bowl contenders to the hilt. But right now, they're in a phase where they're kind of trying to figure a lot of this out on offense, and, it, and it's showing. So it feels like growing pains. I don't know, man. I thought that they'd be farther along. They had the whole offense to the whole offseason. Remember, one of my preseason predictions was, hey, Andy's been in the lab for a whole offseason. He's got right. all these new – they're going to come out like they did when Mahomes was in 2018. And it looked like I was right after the Cardinals game. It was like, yep. They're just going to steamroll teams for a while. Uh, I predicted that they would go 6-0 and out of the shoot. That was obviously incorrect as well. 
although they should be 3-0. and I think anybody watching this podcast, even Colts fans, even Matt Ryan's mom would agree with that. Yep. They're their own worst enemy there. As a golfer, for years, I've been hearing PXG say, nobody makes golf clubs like they do, period. You know what? They're right. I went in for a fitting and saw for myself, went in to swing the PXG Black Ops driver. And let me be honest, I was skeptical. Again, I I loved my old driver. I had uh, another very popular big-name brand. I love my driver. But they brought me in just to, to put it to the test. The PXG driver, it won. It was, I don't know, 7 to 10 yards longer. The dispersion was better. And the fitting experience was legitimately phenomenal. You know, I went in being a skeptic, and I came out being a true believer. It feels like a premium club in your hand, and not just that. The The ability of, of the actual fitting process blew me away. We went from extra stiff to regular stiff shaft. We tried out different weights on the shaft. We tried different shafts in general. Um, we, we were messing with the weights in the driver going from a 10.5 degree driver down to a 9. As someone who has a high launch angle, who gets a lot of loft and height on their ball, I needed something that was a little lower, so we moved the weights to the front of the club. It, it was such a wonderful experience. I mean, they analyze every little bit of information to get the perfect fitting just for you. Um, again, I was blown away by the PXG Black Ops driver. PXG made me a believer. They'll do the same for every golfer in Kansas City. Visit pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting at PXG Kansas City. Uh, that is 7517 West 119th Street in Overland Park. Get fitted for any club and you'll get a dozen golf balls free. That's pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting. pxg.com slash arrowhead. Limit one dozen golf balls per person. Promotion ends June 30th. Other terms and conditions may apply. See store for details. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. So some growing pains to work out. So then let me ask you, that that Colts loss, man, that one really bothered me. I mean, like, you know, when they got killed by the Bills and by Tennessee last year, like I was upset, but I was like, man, they just got their asses handed to them. Right. I don't know what else to think. Like this game no, stung worse than those. How bad was that loss? That was as far as like being annoyed. That was like fifteen on a scale of one to ten. Because look, for me, I agree with you. Like it's easier when you just walk out of a game. Where, you know what, man? Like I, you know, this is gonna sound weird, but I, I really feel this way. When they lost the Super Bowl to the Bucks in a weird way. Now part of it's because they won the Super Bowl the year prior, but like it was almost easy to take. They just got killed. They weren't as good as Tampa. Like they had no yeah. business even being in that game the way they played. Like they 
they had a horrible game plan. They couldn't block the whole deal, right? Like, I, as frustrating as it was, it was easy to take in the aftermath. Like, that game never bothered me. I've never gone back and watched it. I never planned to, but it never bothered me. It was like, look, they got their asses handed to them, period. You know, the, the Colts game bothers you, at least bothers me more in this in this sense. They handed them the game. I mean, the Chiefs should have beat them by 15, 20 points. And they handed it to them. And if they win that game, if they win that game, I don't even know that you're that worried about this Bucks game. Like, look, if they lose, so what? You're 3-1 and one coming home playing the Raiders, who they should beat, okay? So you'd be like, all right, so what? You know, if they lose to the Bucs, who cares? If they win, it's gravy. But it's not a conference game. It, you know, all this stuff. Which, oh, by the way, all that's still true. It isn't at a conference game. It's still a non-common opponent game. Like, of all the games on the schedule, in terms of tiebreakers and whatnot, this, game's, this game means the least of all 17. But now if they lose, they're 2-2, two two, which isn't like a disaster. It's not like you're going to just throw the season away. But then you've, you've got to win that Raiders game. And it feels like that Bills game all of a sudden has massive importance, even more so than before, right? So... It, it was annoying because it just felt like, how could you possibly lose the game the way you lost that game? It felt dumb. It was a lot of mental errors. And like I said, man, my biggest concern coming out of that game, and I still feel this way, their coaching at times on offense just scares the hell out of me. I feel like look, the execution's not good at times, okay? But when you've got Mahomes in the, in the Wednesday presser saying, yeah, you know, we had like, I think it was 31 plays that, that we failed on. And, you know, guys are just out of spots in every play. If, if, like, one guy's out of spot three or four times, that's on that guy, okay? That guy needs to execute better. He's not paying enough attention. He's not taking good enough notes. You're at a position 31 times. That's a coaching problem. Yeah. Now, like, I just wonder sometimes with them, and I've said this forever, how much of it with them is, like, it's got to be a magic show on offense. It just always has to be this bells and whistles. Everything's got to be happening. It's like, like I, I said this earlier on the pod we did with Heisler this morning. I'd rather go to a restaurant where they do 12 things really, really, really well than go to the fucking Cheesecake Factory and there's 300 things on the menu and they're all kind of whatever, but like it's the Cheesecake Factory, so you just go. The Chiefs need to simplify what they do, pick out the things they do really well, and just hammer teams with it. The New England was amazing at that over the years with Belichick. That team was not a bells and whistles team. They just came out and executed and killed you with it. Yep. The Chiefs have so much talent on offense, which, by the way, is why I think they'll be fine. They need to just execute it. And I think some of that is the coaching staff. Just Spagnuolo at the beginning of the year said, look, I'm going to simplify the defense. We have a lot of new pieces, a lot of new parts. How's that going? They right. were great. Like, simplify it on offense and then execute. Yeah, I love the way he's using the secondary players to to blitz. The blitz schemes seem, they're not terribly complicated, but they're a little bit unexpected. I think he's doing a lot of really good work on the defense, um, and we've got to get there on offense. Last question in this sort of section here. It sounds like you believe that they will. Will the Chiefs find an offensive identity this season? Yes, yes. I, it might even take till the bye week, but yes. Because, look, this is always my like, like for an example, Denver and the Chiefs are both 2-1. and one. But that's not always created equal. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Chiefs fan. Like, I hope I've earned enough that people believe I'm objective. The, the Broncos are a tire fire on offense. I don't care that they're they, – like, they don't have the talent the Chiefs have offensively. They just don't. They have two good receivers. The line's okay. The tight ends are whatever. The backs are good. But Wilson just looks like a shell of himself. He can't scramble anymore. His arm is okay. It's not terrible, but it's not great. The coaching looks like a disaster. And they've played two horrible teams. And one team that I, I respect in the Niners, but that, I mean, anyone who watched that game, Jimmy Garoppolo looked like he didn't belong in the NFL in that game. Okay. Yep. There were how many throws that, in that afternoon or that evening, rather, where he missed guys who were just wide open. So, you know, 
Like, I look at it and go, yeah, Denver's 2-1, and one, that's fine and well. But Kansas City, I would actually be more concerned, far more concerned, if the offense was playing well, but the defense was a mess. Because they'd be like, well, maybe defensively they just don't have the pieces. I know they have the pieces on offense. They got right. two They got two receivers going for a 1,000-yard pace right now. Kelsey, I think, for like 1,300. Mahomes is on pace for like 4,800 yards or something like that. Like, this team... They have a very good offensive line. They're very like how many teams would trade their offensive personnel for the Chiefs' offensive personnel? 25, 27, 28. I just don't believe that that's not going to get straightened out. They're too talented. It's like when a hitter in baseball who's hit 300 his whole career hits 230 in April. Right. At some point, that dude's hitting 370, right? He's just gonna like it's, it's the law of averages. And so I remember, you know, I hate the Yankees, but being from New York, Jeter had a stretch one year where he, he was like 0 for 31 or 32, and they were booing him at the stadium. His average stunk. Everybody's always, oh, you know, is he done? He was like in his early 30s. I think he hit like 320 that year. Like right. at some point, it just be, there will be a stretch in the season where the Chiefs average like 40 points over three games. It'll just happen. They're, they're too talented for it not to happen. Great analysis. Shout out to all of our members. I see a few of you out there. Um, listen, if you like the Arrowhead Attic podcast, you want to consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic family. We're not just doing a podcast here. We're building a Chiefs community. Um, we have a few different levels. We've got three now. Uh, so let's see. Here we go. Um, yeah. So you can do Rookie Camp. Our first newsletter came out this week. It was really great by Arrowhead Addicts founder, Adam Best. You get access to the Discord at that level. You can't really participate, but you can kind of watch the conversation if that's something you're interested in. Check out Starting 11. It's our most popular one by far. And if you want some really sweet benefits, check out the Ring of Honor down there at the bottom. We're really excited to be doing this. You guys have been so awesome in supporting us, and it's really helping us add more to the show. We've added a a whole new free show this year and a bunch of other content. So we hope you guys are enjoying it. Shout out to our members. We appreciate it. The Discord is awesome. I can't tell you how much fun I have hanging out there, particularly on NFL Sundays. I'll be in there. Thursday night football is another great time to be in there when the Chiefs aren't playing and just shooting the shit with everybody in the Chiefs channel talking. What's up, Evan? New member, Evan. And uh, yeah, so it's really cool. Appreciate you all. If you're interested, check it out. You can go to, um, uh, I believe it's arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships, or there's information in the description of this podcast. All right, let's get back to Chiefs. Let's talk about Chiefs versus Bucks. So this line moved. I, when I checked it today, uh, Chiefs are the dogs now yep. on DraftKings. I believe they opened up plus uh, minus two, I think. They opened up minus two and a half. They got up to minus three at one point. Yeah, and then everybody looked at, Kind of the way the Chiefs of, I, I think also part of this has to do with people getting healthy in Tampa Bay, but now it's Chiefs plus one. So the over-under in this game is 45. Chiefs getting a point. Uh, just to set the primer for you all, Tampa is two and one. It wins over the Cowboys. They beat them 19 to three. And the Saints, 20 to 10. And they have a loss to the Packers last week, 14 to 12. Uh, so look, um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into Tampa's offense and the, and the Chiefs offensive line and, and some comments by Shaq Barrett and all that. First question I want to ask you, though, is, is we I think we have to start with this, Verderam. It's Brady v. Mahomes 5. The score is tied 2-2, two to two, and obviously Brady's got the Super Bowl win. So my question for you is, what does this game mean for Patrick Mahomes' legacy? Could be the last time he plays Brady. First of all, it's it's, it's uh, the 6th, actually. Is it the 6th? Brady's, Brady's up 3-2. to two. Yeah, because... Uh, Brady's won both playoff games, and right. Mahomes and then, had beaten him twice in the regular season. And Brady beat him in that crazy game. Mahomes' his first year as a starter, and so okay, football. 
Uh, by the way, uh, it should be noted the uh, injury reports are out. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling did not practice today, has an abdomen injury. Yeah. So we will see how that plays out. Uh, Dana and Hardman were unlimited. Uh, everybody else was a full practice except for uh, Butker, who did not practice with an ankle. My understanding, by the way, talking to people around the team, that is going to come right up to the time where they have to make a decision, but they're hopeful he can play. Ronald Jones also did not practice with an illness. As for the Bucks, should be noted, Chris Godwin was limited yesterday. He did not practice today. He was given a rest day as he recovers from his hamstring, so we're not sure if he's going to be able to play this week. Russell Gage has a hamstring. He was limited. Julio Jones with a knee injury. He was limited. Donovan Smith, their left tackle, limited. And then Rashad Perriman and Akeem Hicks did not practice. Akeem Hicks will be out for this game, by the way. He's expected to miss about a month. All right, Brady and Mahomes. Uh, look, I don't think this game is any bearing legacy-wise. Like, it's a game in week four. I mean, unless it just happens to be one of these all-time classic games where it's just back and forth all night long, but I don't expect that. Look, I think at some point here, you know, these guys are inevitably, if Mahomes continues to play the way he's played in his career, he's going to be compared to Brady. Like, that's just going to be, now, look, Brady beat him in a Super Bowl. Brady beat him in an NHL championship. I think it's going to be damn near impossible for Mahomes to ever be the winner that Brady's been. I mean, I think it's going to be damn near impossible for anybody to be. Right. But Mahomes is more like visually impressive, and he's and he's also great. Like if Mahomes wins three Super Bowls, I think he enters that category of like he he's one of the greatest players ever, regardless of position. He's got one. He's been to two. In the NFL, it doesn't matter how many you've been to. He's been to two. So like if he if he finishes his career winning like three of four, or three of five, or something like that matters. As far as this game goes, it's funny. I said this to to Heisler earlier today. The two best units in this game. And the game with Brady and Mahomes are the ones that don't have them on the field. Like the defenses are the two best units right now. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting because both guys coming off a loss. We know with Brady, that usually is a recipe for pure terror for whoever he's going against the following week. But it's also true of Mahomes. Like how many, how many times does he lose two games in a row? So it's going to be very interesting uh, to see how this plays out. Like I, they're different players. You know, Brady's stationary. He's going to try to beat you from the pocket. He's going to try to throw darts seven to ten yards down the field and occasionally stretch the defense. Mahomes is the opposite. He's going to he's going to bend your mind and get out of the pocket and make a million plays. But I think I got to tell you, I think Mahomes needs to be a little more like Brady sometimes. Like just take the seven yards, take the eight yards. That right. is a, that will be to me the final step of if if his evolution, which is a pretty big statement considering he's twenty seven years old. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You don't think, I mean, listen, I know it doesn't, it's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. And Brady's got all the Super Bowls, but like for Mahomes, you know, he wants to be great. We've, we've heard about the way he is behind the scenes, how competitive he is, how much he cares, you know, that he's not always the most vocal about it. Like some people like, like to run their mouths, right? Like Tyree Kill this week talking about Eli Apple. Like that's not Mahomes. That's, that's not the way he's ever been and probably ever will be. But you know, he's thinking about, I lost to this guy, I lost him in the Super Bowl. You know, I want to beat him. Like, I, I mean, I would. I'd want to beat Brady as many times as I could while I had the chance. Do you think? Do you think that's there in the back of his mind heading into this one? That hey, maybe this is the last shot I get at this guy. I'd like to, you know, maybe. I, I mean, I gotta tell you, the thought in their mind should be: we got to play better than we played last week because we sucked. 
Right. Like, I, I mean, honestly, like, that should be the thought. If, if they're worrying about Brady, they're they're already done. They're going to lose this game. They need to be focused on themselves. I think this game, in a lot of ways, comes down to how well they execute on offense. I think the defense is going to play well in this game. I, I really do. Like, I, I respect Tampa. Look, I think Tampa's a lot better than people think they are because they, they've been missing guys all over the field. But, like, look, if you're going to win, if you're going to beat teams like this, especially teams that have a really good defense, you better come in with a game plan and you better be able to execute it. And the last couple of weeks, quite honestly, the Chiefs have come in with crap game plans and they've gotten their asses kicked all over the field on offense. Now, against the Chargers, to their credit, they did adjust in the second half. They played much better. They blocked much better. But like you have to you have to come into a game where you are prepared for what they're they're gonna throw at you. And this is a really interesting game because let's be honest, you know, Mahomes has seen bowls twice in his career. The first time was that that regular season game where Hill went berserk in the first quarter and had like 250 yards and the Chiefs rang up like 510 yards of offense. And in that game, the Bucs blitzed a lot, and Mahomes killed him for it. Just killed him. Then the Super Bowl happened, and Bulls said, I'm not going to blitz you. I'm going to play too deep. I'm going to rush four. And they got home all day long. So my question in this game is going to be, what are the Chiefs preparing for in this game? I would prepare, even though he played too high a lot in the Super Bowl, I don't think with Hill gone, he's going to do that. I think they're going to play a lot of their blitzing, one high. They're going to try to get a lot of pressure on Mahomes. If the Chiefs in this game, don't throw some swing passes. Don't throw some screens to the back. Don't throw some quick hitter. I'm going to lose my mind. Like, you have to be willing to do that. You've got to – like, everybody keeps killing the offensive line. That's fine. Go back and watch the Colts film. Look at how many times the Chiefs just would not throw the ball underneath the receivers. Like, and some of that's Mahomes, some of that's Andy. No, their offensive line has to be much better. Their offensive line stunk against Indianapolis. I'm not defending them. But if a unit's hurting a little bit, they're struggling, help them. Don't just say, well, that's their problem. We're going to play. No, no, that's not coaching. Right. I could do that. I could go out there and just go, I don't know, guys, four verts. Like, you need you need to help them. I think it's a huge part of this game. Well, there were comments this week as we get into the the, the Chiefs offense. Um, Shaq Barrett, I'm just going to read it verbatim. I'm sure yeah, you guys have heard it by now. Said, I really don't. He was asked if, if, if there was a big difference. They, he was asked about the retooled Chiefs offensive line after that Super Bowl. Totally different offensive line, obviously. Um, he said, I really don't think there's too much difference. I think we have a lot of favorable matchups. I think we have an opportunity to really dominate the game. I just think, yeah, we've got an opportunity to really impose our will as pass rushers, edge rushers in this game. We can really have like a coming out party. I know we have six sacks the other game, but I think we can have a real coming out party as edge defenders in the position group for this game. So a lot of disrespect there coming from Barrett for the Chiefs offensive line. I I wonder either did he not watch the Chiefs offensive line or did he just watch the tape from last week? Uh, Or is he just so confident that they can beat the tackles, which... I mean, fair point, the way Orlando Brown's playing right now. And then you got Wiley over there. What's your take on this this comment, Bergen? So I have two takes on it. One is, look, even though the players are obviously much different and much better, like they're not playing well right now. So I understand why Barrett's confident. The second part of this is, and hey, uh, I, I I do not know how to pronounce this, but IOFIV, man, hey, thanks for joining. Thanks for being a new member. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, guy. Yeah, He's right. always here. I know. I, yeah. I don't want to just say like the letters and sound like a dope. So I'm going with IOFIV. Look. The second part of my feeling on it is, why why would you say that? Like, if that was the other way around, I'd be why why right. just if you know if you're the Chiefs offensive line, you should be one of the best groups in football. You're proud. To, you should be pissed. If, I know if that was me, and I was on the offensive line. I had the talent these guys had. So I obviously do not. But if I I'd be like, man, I'm gonna bury this this guy in this game. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to bury him. Right. I, I to me. I'll tell you right now, I know my dad feels this way. I agree. Like, to me, that's the game. 
is up front. If the Chiefs give him time, they give Mahomes time, they'll win the game. I, I really believe that. But, like, you got to block. You've got to hang in. And, and let's also be clear, this is not the same defensive front that they went against in the Super Bowl. There is no Jason Pierre-Paul. There is no Ndamukong Sue. Ndamukong Sue, who is replaced by Akeem Hicks. He's, he's not going to play in this game. Okay, Joe Tryon, who's fine, he is not Jason Pierre-Paul. Okay, by any stretch of the imagination. So, look, Barrett's great. Vita Vey is great. But Vita Vey is more run stuffer than he is. You know, he's more of a Don Terry Poe. Occasional pass rusher, but really a run stuffer. You've got to double him, though, at all times. But I, I really do, like, I, I wonder if you're Barrett. Like, if I'm the Chiefs, I would chip him every play. I would just chip him constantly. I would not let him beat me. I'd chip him in protection. Devin White, the linebacker, actually leads him with three sacks. He's having a great year. He, I believe, is a defensive player of the month in the NFC. Like, this is the kind of game to me. You chip Barrett, and if they're going to blitz, and, and you know your back's going to have to handle a, a, a blitzing linebacker in protection, then have your hot reads ready, have a plan for it, and torch it. The, the, the Bucks for their, all their talent, their corners are not overwhelming. Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis are fine. Neither one of those guys is sniffing an all-pro team. Like, go after them. You can go out if they're going to blitz. Let Kelsey eat against. I don't like, no offense to the Bucks' safeties, and, not, and I think Winfield's an excellent player. He's not covering Kelsey. So if they're going to do that, if they're going to blitz, and it's going to be a Levante David or something, respect all day long, throw right at him. I think Barrett. If I were a, if I were a Bucks fan, I, I would not be thrilled about that commentary. I mean, look, man, I'm glad you're confident, but like, save it for the locker room. Jeez, like, why would you say that? Uh, although Azim says he saw last week's film uh, where Orlando Brown played weak. He, he's probably not wrong. But you know what? Orlando Brown's taking a lot of crap this week, and believe me, I'm sure he hears it. So yeah, we'll see how he responds. Uh, we yeah, we basically we had a question in our uh, if you're if it, there's a membership level we have that our top one is, is Ring of Honor, and uh, we came from Jer- our guy Jeremy in the Ring of Honor. There's a a private room in the Discord, the Ring of Honor, and uh, our guy Jeremy Very said, um, uh, "Curious how you guys think the Chiefs will attack this Buccaneers defense, especially if Bowles plays this like he did in the Super Bowl." You kind of just touched on that, Verderam. Do you think the Chiefs will do it? Will will they come out and throw slants and throw screens and get the ball out really quickly and just and and try to march down the field slowly? I mean, there was a I saw a screenshot. I don't remember. Forgive me who who put it on Twitter this week of a of. Mahomes and he's looking at Kelsey who's covered and Kelsey's pointing at Clyde Edwards Alaire who's oh, yeah. wide open for like an eight yard gain. You're gonna want to check out the Arrowhead Attic film Friday. Broke that whole play down. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it literally is Kelsey pointing at Edwards Alaire like Pat throw it. Through. He's wide open. And Patrick, nope, not gonna do it. And just takes a, a four yard scram. Look, if they play that kind of coverage, which was a lot of that shell too high, you know, we're not gonna blitz. You need to be able to beat. Five under zone coverage where you just have five guys across, okay, underneath. It's, it, if, you, if you play Madden, you ever, you ever play Madden and you, you call a cover two sink defense, that's what it is, okay? It's five under. Or if they're in man under, which is just cover two, and they're all in man underneath. Look, I, I think like in, in that kind of defense, if you're getting a man look, you should be running slants and crossers and screens and just, just kill them with it. The Chiefs have enough talent to do it, Okay. They have more than enough talent to do it. If the Bucks are going to play in zones, then to me you run those intermediate level zone beaters, and you just and you and you keep in a guy or two to protect, and you just let it rip. I look, it's it's not easy. The Bucks have a really good defense, but Kansas City's talent on offense is such they should never get shut down with this team. If they block at all, they should be able to score 27, 30 points. Okay, at some point, if they're going to sit back and do that. Then I think, yeah, that's it. You got to play now. If they come up and they blitz and it's a lot of the single high stuff, then you've look, 
I know what the temptation is just to say, well, just dump it off, dump it off. And you do have to do some of that because you have to be able to slow down the pass rush a little bit. But if you get man-on-man coverage you like, and you think, especially if like MVS plays, and I'll tell you right now, I'd put Watson in this game for one reason. He can fly. He's fast. And if they're going to blitz you and they're going to give you one-on-one coverage, you got to occasionally, you got to make him pay. You got to go up top. You got to make him pay for it. That's how you get teams out of this stuff. But, you know, you've got to mix it up. I feel like the Chiefs, the first, excuse me, the, the last two weeks, they're not mixing it up enough. It's just too much. And, and I went back and watched the film. And look, some of it was Mahomes, some of it was Reed, some of it was the Colt. But like, it's too predictable offensively. They don't mix up enough stuff. How many, when's the last time you saw the Chiefs run like a mesh concept with two crossers going across? Like, right. when is the last time you saw, you know, a sale concept or a flat? Like, it just, they do it like once or twice and it's just gone. That's it. And it never comes back. Like, you need to have an identity. And believe, and the other thing, by the way, in this game that nobody wants to talk about, they got to run the ball. To some degree in this game, they have to run the football. If they're just going to throw the ball 40 times and the Bucs defense can, again, this goes to predictability. If the Bucs know they're just going to throw every down, they're going to tee off on them. You've got to be able to run the ball. And the, the times the Chiefs have run the best the last couple of weeks is when they've had motion at the snap and they've run against that motion. If you watch film when they do that, when they have like a jet sweep action, the linebackers honor it and they move a step or two in that direction as the ball's being snapped. And in the NFL, a step or two in the wrong direction is a lifetime. You cut back against that, it, it's a house call if you get the right defensive look. Yeah. The Chiefs will do it for a ton of success and then they just don't do it again. Like they're, they're done with it. You have to be balanced in this game and you've got to be varied in your approach. And if they don't do that, they're going to get their asses kicked. Yeah. Bucks have only given up 238 yards rushing so far this year on 63 attempts. That's a 3.8 yards per attempt. The Chiefs yep. haven't exactly lit the world on fire running the football. Are you worried about Kansas City's ability to run the ball? And, and I'm seeing a lot of people who are saying, hey, man, activate Ronald Jones. And actually, I want to talk about that because I don't know that I understand it. You know, it's like the running game is not working. So everyone's like, well, activate Ronald Jones. This guy who barely made the team, who got cut by the Bucks. But everybody feel like it's like the backup quarterback thing, you know? It's like, we'll just put him in. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Should they activate Ronald Jones for a revenge game scenario? Or do the, the Chiefs have good enough running backs to run on this defense at all? I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't put him in this game for one reason. He fumbles the ball. And in a game like this, if you fumble the ball, that might be the game. I'm putting the ball in the hands of guys I trust not to fumble my football. That's how I look at it. And if, if you get into one of these games where it's close and the game's tight and you're playing well, and then all of a sudden, hey, you know, Ronald Jones fumbles at the 12-yard line, that could be the game. I'm not putting him in there. Look, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit against the grain in this game, and, and partially because I haven't run the ball particularly well outside of one big run by Clyde the last two weeks, but partially also because I believe this. Look, who, whoever they think their best running back is, Give him the ball in this game. Don't I don't want to see three running backs getting five carries. Give the guy the ball, run with a purpose, and say, look, unless this game gets out of hand, you're getting 20 carries in this game. You're getting the ball. And if we don't run for a bunch of yards the first four or five times, I don't care. We're going to keep running. Now, look, at some point, you don't want to just run to a brick wall. I understand that. But you need to make teams at least believe you might run it. The Chiefs this year, I looked this up earlier in the year, I – or earlier in the day, and I'm going to look it up right now because it's, it's a stat that I think is really telling, okay? Nobody believes the Chiefs when the Chiefs have, a, have a, a, a formation or a scheme in where it looks like they might run, okay? Nobody thinks that. And you want to know why? Because this year, the Chiefs 
have run exactly 10 play action passes in three games. No one thinks they're going to do it. No one's scared of them doing it. Like, the Chiefs don't even fake like they're going to run the ball. There's nothing. It's just, hey, which, by the way, that ranks uh, a crisp 28th in the league. Okay? Right. You you know who leads it? Miami and Philly. And guess what? They're both two, they're both three and out. Okay? You, you need to at least show the idea of, hey, we might run the ball here. And the Chiefs just do not do it. At some point, you've got to at least make them think, and look, they might run it. And you know what? You might be surprised, man. Maybe by the 15, 16 carry of the game, like you're ripping off some chunks. You know, who the hell's preparing for the game plan of the Chiefs to run the football, right? The right. one time they've done it in Andy's career more than any other was that game on Monday night against Buffalo, where they just came out and they were like, we're running the ball. We don't care. We're going to run it all day. Buffalo played a dime deep, and the Chiefs just ran it down with a crap offensive line, but that was Mitchell Schwartz's last game. They ran the ball down their throat all night. Now, they're not going to do that against Tampa. But on some level, there does have to be this idea of like, hey, look, we're going to have some balance here. Because I'm telling you right now, if if Tampa Bay up front has no fear of them running the ball, they're going to get smoked in this game. Tampa will just tee off all night. And I don't care how good you are up front. That's a really hard thing to deal with. What's up, our guy Flapjack? Um, I, I thought we were done with RPOs. Then I saw that shit. Uh, love Flapjack. Um, yeah, man, listen, I, I don't understand it. Because in the Cardinals game, they ran the ball 27 times. Now, I know yep. a lot, some of that was garbage was time. Yep. Pacheco came in. But they, were, they started by running early. And the play-action pass is going to help. Do you know who it's going to help the most? Travis Kelsey. It's going to help Travis Kelsey. And that's the guy you want going off, doing damage to defenses. So you've got to get it going. And I'm with you, man. Pick a fucking running back and give him the ball. I don't care if it's Pacheco. I don't care if it's Clyde. I don't care who it is. It just, I don't care if it's Burton. Right. Give him the fucking ball right. and let him carry 50. Like, they get no rhythm. Like Everybody's always like, why, why can't they block? Why can't they? Look, it's impossible to get in any kind of a rhythm offensively. They never do anything enough to be in a It's always... I feel like sometimes with Andy, there's like 100 plays on a sheet, and he's like, I don't know, number 32, number 79. No, there's no like rhyme or reason to it. Some, at least it feels like that. And I'm sure there actually is a rhyme or reason, but it feels that way. When you watch certain teams, they dictate the way you're going to play the game. The Chiefs have enough talent. They should dictate almost every game they play in. Right. And, and yet you almost always feel with them. It's like, oh, well, this team does this, so now the Chiefs have to do that. Look, I always go back to this because it's the best team I ever saw. When the Patriots had the tight end, you know, the tight ends, but especially let's even just say without Hernandez, let's just say Gronk and Edelman, they never had deep burners on that team. They had pass catching backs like James White and Shane Vereen. Okay. They had Edelman who worked the slot and they had Gronk who worked the seam and they destroyed teams with it. You knew every week what you were getting from the wing. It didn't matter. It made no difference because nobody could cover Gronk and Edelman was great on those two way routes and they'd flip it out to the back and they'd run it well enough. They never had like an unbelievable running back after Corey Dillon retired. It wasn't like they were, you know, it wasn't like they're trotting out Emmett Smith in his prime, but that team, they, they just, other than the Moss years, they knew they weren't a deep ball team. They weren't a big shot play team. They killed you with execution. You knew what was coming. It made no difference. And with the Chiefs, it's always like you just know exactly what's coming in terms of like you know they're going to throw the ball, but you also never know like how they're going to execute offensively because one week it might be like, hey, we're going to go deep. And then the next week it's like we're never going to throw a ball over 10 yards. At some point, have an identity and just go with it and perfect what your identity is. Yeah, I agree. I would I would like to see either Clyde or Pacheco just get some extended run. Like just bring one of those guys out. Give, it to give, him. Him, give him 20 carries. See what the kid can do. You, dra- you drafted both of these guys. 
You thought you needed help in running back, right? One of them in the first round, one of them in the seventh. Everybody's Everybody is raving about Pacheco in, in training camp. You brought other rookies out, Jalen Watson. They're playing well. Give the kid a shot. See what he can do. I, I you know, let's just do it. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's talk about the 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 defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs here. The Bucks have been really banged up. They have not been good on offense. Take it from somebody who's got Brady on his fantasy team. It's been ugly. Yeah, Mike Evans getting suspended. Chris Godwin tried to come back maybe a little bit too early. He's got hurt. He's got a hamstring. We don't know if he'll play. Hamstrings are they linger, man. Uh, they're bad bad news for wide receivers. They're not running the ball really great either. What do you expect from them on offense in this game? Uh, Julio Jones might come back. He looked for like a second like Julio Jones and then then went back to looking like regular Julio Jones, like hurt Julio Jones. So, But he's a guy who could hurt you on a, on a big play or two. What do you expect the Chiefs to do on defense in this game? Are they going to get after Brady? Do you think they'll blitz the secondary a lot? You no, know, I actually am going to go against the grain as well on this. I, I, this is a gut feeling. I think they're going to blitz him a lot in this game. They did it last year, uh, not last year, two years ago in the regular season. They blitzed him a lot. They went right after him. They didn't care. And the, the frankly, I thought the, the Bucks had better weapons in that game than they do in this one. The Chiefs went after him. Like the Chiefs were not afraid in that Bucks game to just blitz him and blitz him. And blitz. I, I don't think I would relentlessly blitz him. He's too good to do anything relentlessly. I would blitz him, though. I would pick my spots and go after him. Look, I'll tell you right now who's going to be the key player in this game for the Chiefs. And if he plays really well, they have a very good chance to win. It's Chris Jones. Chris Jones is going to be lining up against an interior that is not good. They have a backup center. They have a third-string left guard. They are not good inside. Like, that should that, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm lining him up over them. And by the way, in this game, one thing I would do a lot, blitzing or not, I would roll Nick Bolton right up to the line of scrimmage because and I'd put him head up over the center. The reason I would do that is when you're, you know, and some people aren't sure know this, maybe a few don't, okay? When you're the all offensive line near the center and you're making the protection calls, if if you're if they're showing a five man rush, your protection call is such that they're gonna they're gonna protect one on one. They have to. They have to honor it. Okay. Even if you drop Bolton, now that center, he's got he's late coming over to help all that stuff. If I'm Jones, I'm telling you right now, I would line them up over that left guard and just go to town in this game. Uh, to me, it's a huge part of it. But I would also blitz Snead off the corner. One thing with Brady, he's not going anywhere. You know where he's going to be. But Brady, the best way to get him is pressure up the middle. Has been his whole career. He's a lot like Peyton Manning was in that regard. He does, he does not move well. So I do think they'll blitz. I think if Godwin plays, you're going to get a lot of Snead on Godwin in the, in the slot. The big other matchup in this game is Jalen Watson's a big corner. He's going against Mike Evans at times in this game. Can Jalen Watson handle Mike Evans to some extent? Like they, he doesn't need to be locked down, but can he be good? Can he hold him to 50 yards? You know, I'm not worried about their tight ends and their backs. Their tight ends and their backs have not been good this year as far as, well, hell, in, in all in all capacities, really. I mean, the Buccaneers, if you look at them, you mentioned they've had a lot of injuries and they have, but their backs have actually been healthy. Their, their, their tight ends have been healthy. So the, the receiving yards for their tight end, Cameron Brady has played all three games, is seven catches for 68 yards. Leonard Fournette has nine catches for 54 yards. Okay, Kyle Rudolph has one catch for 12 yards, and Cade Otten has one catch for four yards. Uh, and Rashad White, the rookie running back, has two catches for seven yards. They do not throw very much to the backs and the tight ends. I am not, like to me, I'm not worried about that. You need to worry about their receivers. And to me, it's about Evans and it's about Godwin. I, I respect Julio Jones for the career he's had. He's a shell of who he once was. Like, to me, if Godwin doesn't play in this game, you have to double Evans everywhere he goes. If they come out with the same game plan they had against Mike Williams in the first half of that Thursday night game, my head's going to explode. Like, just take him out of the game. Right. And make them – and look, if Julio Jones goes for 7-80 and, and, and Evans is doubled, who cares? 
you're not losing because of that. But I think you have to give a little bit of help. And I think their offense, I think the Chiefs defense is going to play well in this game. My concern is the offense. I think defensively they match up fine with them in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, last week against the Packers in a, in a really ugly game, um, Brady was, <laughs> it's amazing. He completed 31 passes, which on his face you would think sounds great. But uh, he was 31 of 42 for 271 yards, though. Only six and a half yards per average. One touchdown, no picks. He was sacked three times. And they only ran the ball 14 times total. And 12 of those were yep. Leonard Fournette. One of them was was Bashad Perriman. And Tom Brady ran for a negative one yard. So the, uh, their offense has really been struggling. I watched it a little bit. They looked a little bit like the Chiefs. Out of sync, dropping balls. Brady kind of just missing guys. But you know he's going to complete a lot of passes. They're probably going to lean on him in this game. I'm worried about them challenging the Chiefs secondary, especially if, if Godwin plays. And then you've got Evans and Goblin running out there. Right. And you've got size. Brady loves throwing the balls up to people, 50-50 balls. Yep, he does. And he puts pressure on corners, especially young corners. And then what ends up happening is you get the pass interference calls. How can the Chiefs avoid bailing Brady out in these situations where they're running downfield, they're not looking for the ball, they panic, or they just get mossed? To some degree, look, if a guy makes a great catch, you tip your hat and you move on. I, I, I Again, I would go against Grant. I would, I would bring blisters. I would go after him. I would not let him, like to me if he gets comfortable it's death. If right. he's back there and he's got three, it's it's just it's over. It's a wrap. He's gonna find somebody. I would blitz him to I would blitz him a lot in this game, like 35 to 40 percent of the time. I'd blitz him a lot. I would I would make them block up front. And the other part of it is too, Brady's so smart, and it's always actually helps you a little bit in that regard. Like he's gonna know that you're blitzing, so he's gonna know to get rid of the ball fast. And I would roll those corners up tight on the line of scrimmage and say, look mug them inside the five yards mug them i don't care you get a couple of illegal contact penalties fine you know like and i know people say oh yeah you shouldn't shouldn't play that way that's bullshit you know what i watch teams do that the the patriots did that for years against kansas city and indianapolis you get up to me first of all i hate zone defense burn it with fire kill it i can't stand it get up in man to man get in press and go right after them like the one thing about the bucks they don't have the fastest receivers in the world I would get up on the line of scrimmage with the big corners that the Chiefs have, and I'd press the hell out of them, and I'd blitz. And you know what? Brady, as great as he is, like he doesn't have a huge arm. I'd have Thornhill single high over the top and say, look, if you want to make a couple throws like that, hey, you might beat us on a couple of them. And I'll live with that if that means a couple of negative plays, maybe a pick, stuff like that. If I'm the Chiefs, I'd go right after him. I really would. Um, and if it doesn't work out, then you can adjust. But I, I think, to me, that's how I would attack them if I'm Kansas City. I love it. And I think the thing that is hurting Brady this year is he doesn't have that guy that when people do blitz him, that his is his safety blanket. Right, there's no back and there's no tight end that you care about. Right. There's, there's, there's no Gronk. No Gronk, no Wes Walker, right? Those were, those were the guys that he would just crush you with because you try to get pressure and he'd hit them and they always caught the ball and accuracy and the the timing all that stuff was perfect and now they don't they don't he doesn't have anybody like that i mean maybe he's trying they they brought in Cole Beasley for Christ's sake he's like you know yeah. like so they're they're in a little bit of a a bad spot i think they're going to get better as the season goes on and as they get healthier the chiefs have caught him in a kind of a weird time maybe not everybody plays i agree with you blitz the shit out of him get after him see what he's got and, and, and see if you can start getting an advantage. Look, it also should be noted, like, last year, everybody, like, oh, Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski had 802 yards and six touchdowns receiving. He, he was still really good. Yeah. He also had 34 first downs. It was third on the team behind Evans and Godwin. Okay? They lost him. He's gone. Antonio Brown, for all of his antics, 
in seven games at 545 yards and 29 first downs. Okay, per game, per game, he was the best first down maker they had in the team last year. Those guys are gone. Those guys are gone. Now, that doesn't mean, like, Evans and Godwin are really good players. I'm not saying they're not. They're excellent. But you're right. To your point, like, that's a big deal with Brady that those guys aren't on the team. It's a big deal. They ran last year for 4.3 yards of carry as a team. Okay, right now, this year, and they ran well week one, they're averaging 3.4 yards in attempt. Fournette's averaging four yards in attempt. The rookie running back, Rashad White, and he's only had eight carries, okay? He's averaging 1.9 yards in attempt. They have not run the ball well. Brady's averaging six and a half yards in attempt throwing the football, all right? And let's let's be honest about something. They've played some pretty good defenses early in the year, but Kansas City's a good defense. That's not going to change. They have not played an offensive caliber of what Kansas City can present to them, including the Packers, by the way, who were rotating Bakhtiari in and out of the game at left tackle. They had no receivers to speak of. Kansas City has a lot more talent than any offense they've faced to this point. So Kansas City's going to have to utilize it, but defensively, like I, I, if Godwin doesn't play or he's really limited in the game, I'm telling you right now, like I, Russell Gage is fine, and all that. I would, I would do whatever I had to do to take Evans out of this game. And they just say, go ahead, beat me, beat me anywhere else. And if they do it, then they do it, and you tip your cap. But I think that's how you have to play him. Yeah, our guy uh, Daniel, thank you for the super chat, brother. Uh, Mike yes. Williams hurt us, and Evans and Jones as big body receivers concerns me. Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? And Brady's really good at utilizing that size. I was excited about the Chiefs getting some big-bodied wide receivers, and I don't think Mahomes has, is quite there yet with trusting them and utilizing their size in the way that he does with Travis to get them to post up. You know, having a guy like MVS or Juju running a slant, they've got a huge advantage, a huge advantage to block people out. So I hope we see more of that from them in this game. Uh, by the way, you heard Verderam earlier mention Film Friday. Uh, that's going to go live early access for uh, Ring of Honor members right after the show. So if you're a Ring of Honor member, you're getting the film Friday. So check that out. All right, Verderham, we're going to get to, well, last, last thing, special teams. How important is it that Harrison Bucker plays in this game, even if he's not 100%? It's important. <laughs> so you'll watch the Colts game? Yeah. I mean, he was out there he hitting. Played, they'd be three and up. He was hitting. He hit like a 50-yard field goal the day of the injury. I'll tell you right now, I reached out to some people around the organization on Tuesday, and they were like, yeah, we're, we're hopeful he plays. It's going to come yeah. down to it. Got to see how the week goes, but they were hopeful at least at the beginning that he plays. Yeah. I uh, have, I mean, did you watch the Colts uh, disaster? I mean, if Butker's in there, they win that game. Yeah, They win the game if Butker's playing. I, I, I don't think that's even an argument. They would have easily had six more points with Butker. So, look, man, yeah, I, I think it's very important. I think it's important. But by the way, I'll tell you what, though. I think quietly it's important Mike Dana plays in this game. You need bodies. It's going to be a humid night in Tampa on Sunday. You need bodies who can rotate in. Dan has been playing well. I'll tell you another guy, by the way, in this game, on a side note, I'd put Dunlap inside on some of these plays. I'd put him next to Jones. He's done a nice job when they've done that with him. I'd put him inside. So go ahead. Go ahead. Here it comes. Because their tackles are very good uh, as Smith plays in Smith and Wurfs. Their interior is not good. I would I would aggressively go after them inside. Stunts, twists, game, all kinds of games. But yeah, look, I think this is a game where you know they need Butker because you need like people don't miss the kicker until the kicker all of a sudden sucks. Yeah, you know, I mean the Chiefs got away with it against the Chargers because Amendola to his credit was good in the game, but all of a sudden, yeah, it mattered. It mattered in a big way, it cost them. So uh, Butker being back would be huge for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, and uh, as far as like the weather report right now. They're calling for it to be clear. 85 degrees uh, will be the high, so around kickoff in the 70s. And then as far as wind goes, because somebody in the chat was asking about wind, doesn't look like it's still going to be windy. At least the report right now is 
10 mile per hour winds. So shouldn't be anything too crazy. And, uh, yeah, you'll be dealing with some, you'll be dealing with some humidity. So are you putting sky more back there this week? Yes. Because I know, I know him off the punt. I get it. He's been really good other than that. And what are you going to do? You're just going to yank the kid out of there because you made one mistake. I'm not doing that. Uh, and, and what is your alternative? Hardman? Like Hardman is fine, but I, I want more. But by the way, speaking of Sky Moore, can we please see him for more than eight snaps on offense? Like, that was one of the things that really infuriated me about that Colts game. So Hardman's out there playing 68% of the snaps. And then Monday he comes around and he's like, yeah, you know, he, you know, it was, it was kind of obvious he was dealing with his heel and the injury in that game, you know, he wasn't 100%. Then why the hell is he playing 68% of the snaps? Right. What are, what are you like, doing? What the fuck are we doing? This is the kind of stuff that, like, I feel that, like, I have a lot of respect for everybody who covers the Chiefs, but, like, how is that not the next question? Right. Like, if you're in that row, how is the next question not, like, then why was he out there for 68% of the snaps? Yeah. I, I don't understand. Like, and, and look, it's easier to say that in hindsight. You're listening to it. I get it. Like, guys have their, their stuff they got to hit. And, and I'm not criticizing anybody. But I just mean, like, if you had time to think about it, the next logical question is, like, why the hell is he playing 68% of the snaps? Yeah. I yeah. don't – like, it makes no sense. Sky Moore, say whatever you want. Like, look, he's a rookie. I don't know if he's going to be good, bad, whatever. He can run routes. He has proved – like, put him on the field. He can run routes. He's got some speed. Justin Watson – look, Justin Watson's not going to be a great player for them. But I'll say one thing for Justin Watson. He has good speed, and Mahomes trusts the hell out of him. Right. Let him run a couple – like, why is it that they can't get any of these guys on the field while Hardman's out there hobbling around on a heel that he can't run on, and he has one right. catch for two yards – and yeah. the Chiefs are like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty obvious during the game he couldn't run. Right. Then what is he doing on the field? Like, this is the kind of stuff with them that just drives me insane. It makes no sense. But th- that that's the kind of shit they've got to avoid because if they do stuff like that against Tampa, they're going to get killed. They will get killed in this game. They have to be smart. We got a, uh, a chat here I wanted to, to call out from Alexandre Mailhot. Um, hey, guys from Montreal. What's up? We love Canada. Um, I oh, always listen to the podcast. Great show. Predictions. The defense going to be destructive versus old Brady. The O-line uh, have to show for the run game. I think, you know, is that a little bit of you know, your, your homework glasses are on? Sure. But that very well could happen. The Chiefs have struggled, right? So we're always a victim of the moment, of the latest thing, yeah. right? Struggled on offense the last two games. Defense has played all well. But, you know, maybe maybe we're going off what we've seen. They're probably going to struggle again against a good defense. Or, and this happens sometimes in the NFL with the Chiefs, they come out, offensive line's pissed off about how they played last week. Then they had to hear Shaq Barrett say that. Yep. They're pissed off. Mahomes is pissed off. Kelsey's pissed off. He dropped that ball. What about Chris Jones? You think Chris Jones isn't beating himself up this week, all week, having to hear about that? Um, so, yeah, could I see a situation where the Chiefs just come out and it's a get-right game for them, as talented as Tampa Bay is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. We're going to get into our predictions for the final score of this game. Again, if you could hit that thumbs up button on YouTube, we'd appreciate it. We appreciate all your comments throughout the show. Those have been scrolling on the bottom. And if you're interested in hanging out with us in the Discord tonight, watching Thursday Night Football, I'm excited about this matchup tonight, by the way. Should be an interesting game. Uh, the Bengals and the Dolphins. Love to meet some of you there in the Discord. So um, consider joining up. All right. Uh, before we get to our final score predictions, we have a couple listener reviews we got to get to. If you don't know, this is a podcast. I know you're watching on YouTube right now, a lot of you. But you can listen to the audio-only version as well. Um, and you can do that on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Just leave us a review over there. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, leave a five-star review. Review the show. Put your question in there. And we'll read it on the show like we're about to do right now. And we appreciate those, by the way. They really help us 
If you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, but you've been listening to this, do me a favor, man. Do me a solid. Go over there on your phone, Apple Podcasts, five-star review. It helps more people find the show and helps us bring you more content. All right, let's get into it real quick. Grace under pressure from our PR manager, Clint McKenzie. You got you can't tell much about a podcast that covers a team that's winning. Anyone can effuse about a dominant team. It takes a grittier crew to talk honestly about a team that's sucking. This is that crew. You can trust them to shoot straight. They will give you the good and the bad. At this moment, the podcast is far better than the team. So don't miss an episode. Clint Clint is going uh going off on the Chiefs. Not happy. Good. Yeah. <laughs> they deserve it after that, tra- that train wreck of a, of a game in Indianapolis. Yeah, you guys, you know, if, if you're just new to the show or you're watching it for the first time, we get into it, man. We we argue, we debate that the, the post-game shows in particular are very emotional. We are fans. You're not getting milk toast, boring shit here. We're going to give you our honest opinion about the team. It's informed, of course, but sometimes we go off the rails a little bit. We care as much as you do, so it's always fun to this be in the, in the post-game. This is the podcast you go for if you want to hear an exclusive interview with Brett Feach, but also at the same point, if you want to hear somebody who analyzes the team for a living, curse them out. You're not getting an exclusive interview with Brett Veach anywhere else. I can tell you that much. So you get the whole gamut. That's why you come yeah. for this uh, podcast. You get it all. If you didn't see it, make sure to check out our, our exclusive interview that we had with Brett Veach on the channel a few weeks ago. Lots of great stuff in there about Juju and, and the way that they do things for the draft. It was fantastic. Got another big guest I hear coming up next week. Um, we'll probably reveal that to some of our members in the discord at some point, once everything's locked and loaded, but you're not going to want to miss the interview that we've got. Probably sometimes things change coming next week. So stay tuned for that. All right. And then lastly, uh, from Zach Seiden, uh, appreciation. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you for making the workday a little bit better. I recently found this podcast and I can't stop listening. Every show is amazing. It's awesome to get all the chiefs news and events happening. Casey beer is awesome by the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, I appreciate what you guys do. Side note, I love that Verterim is always bashing Indiana because my wife is from there. LOL. Actually, right outside of, I'm actually right outside of Chicago and Chesterton. Um, so that always cracks me up. Hope you guys have a great season and go Chiefs. With all due respect to all of our Indiana listeners, it's a whole. Yes. You agree? Yeah. It is a, it is a, it is a cornfield with the RV <laughs> Hall of Fame. It's, yes. It's a disgraceful situation. And I enjoy it, especially to trash it because Matt Connor lives in Indiana. Yes. The funny thing is, like, whenever I go to Indiana, I go to Indianapolis for the combine, and I love it. I love Indianapolis. But my God, the the rest of it is just <laughs> is just absolutely an abomination. I don't yeah. know how anybody. But you know, it's not the only. There's a lot of states we get into, but Indiana in particular, really. When I drive home to New York, and I know I got to get through two hours in Indiana, it takes all you've got emotionally it's it's a real backbreaker when you see the rv hall of fame creeping up on your right evans evans in here saying that indiana is still better than ohio hey man wow. don't mess with me <laughs> don't mess with me and my heart yeah. deep um, and it's you know yeah when, whenever i drive back to ohio it's like it's just it's just cornfields the rv hall of fame and billboards telling me i'm going to hell and i need to find jesus that's the right. whole way through. Um, Occasionally, you get a nice, you get a nice porn billboard there, just to mix it up. It's yeah, just good, to mix it up. Yeah, adult it's theater. Just, it's like Jesus, Jesus, adult outlet exit one hundred and five. It's like not to go too far off the rails here. Who the hell is going to an adult outlet in twenty twenty two? Yeah, right. I'm deeply concerned about that. Yeah, person. have you heard of the internet? My God, who is like you know what? Yeah, I got to stop off the adult outlet. Haven't been there in a month. Yeah, yeah. And I, if you really, if you're looking for something, pulling off the highway in Indiana. 
to the adult outlet is not maybe maybe there's better options out there for you. I'm just saying. Maybe you should find God. Maybe maybe that Jesus billboard hopefully gets to you first. <laughs> the Indiana is uh it's a rough stretch of road there. That yeah. is a that is a rough stretch. But uh I do enjoy the combine. I'm glad they kept it in Indianapolis. And I'll tell you what, on the way out of there, I always go to this place. Oh God, I better not screw this up. This little Donaldson's chocolate place is amazing. Ooh. Really good. Always make sure I pick some up for Steph on the way back. It uh it's a good time. All right, let's get into our Chiefs versus Bucks predictions. That doesn't just mean us. That means you guys, too. What is your final score prediction for this game? We're going to start with you this time, Verderam. Kick us off. All right, I'm going to piss off a lot of people. because I've gone back and forth in this game. And I'm going to say Tampa 23-20. to But I will say this. This, to me, is maybe the biggest coin flip game all season. I don't know. There's just so many variables in this game. Do the Chiefs block better? If they do, I think they win. Does Andy adjust? If they do, I think they'll win. My concern is I don't have a lot of confidence in one of those things happening. So, But if it happens, if either, if either one of those things happen, I think they probably win. If they both happen, I think the Chiefs might win by two scores. On the flip side, like who's healthy for the Bucs? And I don't mean just playing. Who's actually healthy? Like Who can go out there and really like give you 50 solid snaps? I don't know. So I, I'm really... I'm torn up. I think this game is going to come down to on the margins, like who's better in the red zone, who's better on third down, who turns the ball over like that. I said about Ronald Jones earlier. That's why I wouldn't play him. You can't have a fumble in this game. I think this game's a total coin flip. I was shocked when I saw the Chiefs were favored by two and a half points. I thought this game should be a pick them. That's essentially what it is now. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the Chiefs are the slightly better team overall, but they're not playing like it. So, look, I think it's a coin flip of a game, but I'm going with the team at home that I got to be fair. As much as I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, like Brady's Brady. (laughs) It just scares the hell out of you. So um, I'll go Bucks by a field goal, but I think it really comes down to whoever's better on the margins. We've got some guys in the the chat as well. Uh, Chiefs 24-17 says Perks. Uh, Ready Whip says Bucks 24, Chiefs 10. Chef T says Casey 23, Tampa Bay 17. John says Chiefs 28 to 21. Um, so we've so some bucks in there, but mostly everybody's on the Chiefs. You know, Verum, you and I have been doing this podcast. This is the third year doing the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we've 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 made a lot of predictions. And I've got to say, I don't remember a time. I barely remember a time picking against the Chiefs. I've I'd have to go back and look at the archives. I know I picked against them last year when they were playing the Packers when I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to play, and I lost a bet on that and had to stone-cold chug a beer right here on this podcast. But I can't remember a time when we've both picked against the Chiefs to win in in the time that we've been doing this podcast. But if we haven't, that time has arrived. Um, I hate picking against the Chiefs, and like I said, the Mahomes era, I haven't had to do it a lot, but they've just not looked right on offense the last two weeks. And now they're going up against a very stout Tampa Bay defense. And to make matters worse, the Bucs might be starting to get healthy. I think the silver lining here is that the Chiefs defense is playing well. And if Tampa's offense continues to struggle, the Chiefs could win an ugly one here. But until they show me something, and I know Missouri is a show-me state, right? They got to show me something. And until they do, uh, I don't love this matchup for them. I hope they prove me wrong. Bucks 24, Chiefs 17. Um, and I think uh, if that happens, people are going to start going into full, full-blown full panic mode heading into that game against the Raiders. It becomes a must-win for them. Yeah. This is an important game for the Chiefs. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they get their stuff sorted out. But they have got to come out on the road and execute. They've got to execute against this team or they will lose. I will say this. If they play their best game, they'll win. I think they're more talented. I really do. Like If the Chiefs go out and play their best game, they'll beat them. 
My concern is right now, Chiefs aren't playing their best game. Now, Orlando said, hey, you know, don't sleep on the Chiefs defense. Orlando, I, bro, I'm not. I, I think the Chiefs defense is very, very good. I think they could win them the game. I do. I think the Chiefs defense could win them this game. I also think Tampa's defense could win them the game, which is why I'm so torn on this. Usually, I have a feel one way or the other. Like last week, I thought the Chiefs would, would beat up on the Colts by 10 points or so. And, and if they could kick a field goal, they probably would have. This game, there's just a lot of variables. And, and I'm going to be honest. So part of it also is like, I could, even though I, I do, I, I really believe in Chiefs defense. I also could see Brady having one of those nights where like everybody's doubting him and everybody's counting him out and he just goes off. But I'll tell you the truth. I could see Mahomes doing the same thing where he comes out and says, okay, you don't think I, I'm any good? You think Tyree kills? Okay, I'm going to throw for 400 yards in this game and I'm going to torch one of the best defenses in the NFL. I could see him doing it. Yeah. That's why I just don't have a feel for this game. If this game was an arrowhead, I'd probably pick the Chiefs to win by three. Like, I think it's just, it's going to be one of these games like who drops a key third down pass, who takes a penalty in the wrong spot. Like, I think it's a very close game. Um, and if the Chiefs adjust and they call a good game, they block reasonably well, they win. I just don't know that they're going to do that because the last two weeks, it seems like their coaching staff offensively has been asleep at the wheel and they have not blocked the way they needed to block in what, seven or six of the eight, last eight quarters. So, We'll see. Uh, I will say this, though. No matter what happens, unless they get huge injuries, I think they're going to be fine. Even if they lose this game, I think they're going to kill the Raiders. I'll tell you right now. I, I know we're two weeks away. I think they are going to smoke them. Okay? I think, I do, I think no matter what, the Chiefs are going to be like a 12-win team at the end of the season. I really do. I think they're going to be just fine. But this is a tough game at a time when they're not playing their best football offensively. It is. And we, we need to find out who they are. Are they the team that we've seen the last two weeks on offense? Or are they the team that came out against the the Cardinals put up 14 points in the first quarter, nine in the second, and 14 right. in the third, where Mahomes threw for 360 yards. They were running the football for 4.7 yards a clip, where Kelsey was eating with 121 yards, and Juju had six receptions for 79, and MVS four for 14. I mean, that's what success looks like for this team, right? It's Kelsey leading the way, and Juju and MVS catching, you know, between six, you know, four and seven balls apiece for for another 50 yards or 60 yards a piece. That's what success looks like. They were throwing the ball, three receptions to Clyde for, for 32 yards. Sky Moore had a 30-yard reception. The Chiefs looked so comfortable against the, Col- the against the Cardinals. Mahomes looked like he was just out there playing a game of Madden on rookie, dealing, delivering the ball. The last two weeks, they have really struggled. Who are they? Can they only beat up on, on bad defenses? Or, or, or are they the bully on the block? I hope we find out this weekend that, hey, some growing pains. We're figuring it out. It's the fourth game of the season, boys. Like, it's time to get going. And, and I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it this weekend. I will say that I'll leave it on this note. The one thing in this game that I, I could see playing in Kansas City's favor is if Bowles decides to go really blitz heavy in this game. That's what Arizona did, and the Chiefs killed him. I understand this is a better secondary and all that. I, I get that. If you blitz the Chiefs, and you don't get to Mahomes. I don't even care if you're pressuring. You don't get him down. It's a problem. You got numbers going the other way against them. I, that is the one thing I'm very curious to see what Bowles does in this game. Does he blitz him? I, I think he frankly should rush with four and drop guys and play that shell and make the Chiefs get frustrated because that's what they've been doing. But if this is one of these games where Bowles goes back to his principles and says, I'm going to blitz and I'm going to show cover one and cover zero on it, that is a situation where I could see the Chiefs hitting them for some big ones in this game. Because look, They've played teams that Dallas has nobody other than CeeDee Lamb that scares you. New Orleans has Jameis Winston with like 18 back fractures, okay? And Aaron Rodgers last week is with Romeo Dobbs as his best receiver. That is not the Chiefs. But the Chiefs, for all their flaws right now on offense, they're way more talented than any of those teams offensively. So 
that's where I am interested to see, like, what does Bulls do in this game? If he blitzes them, I can see it being one of these things where we're on here on Sunday night going, wow, Mahomes just, just lit him up. They came after him, and he, he found every matchup, and they were ready for it. I think Mahomes will be dialed in for this game. He needs help around them. They need to block, and they need to call the right plays. It's going to be an exciting one. Hey, listen, I hope I see some of you tonight in the Discord. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out with the members in Thursday Night Football. Going to eat early tonight so I can sit down, watch a little bit of the pregame, hang out in the Discord, talk football. We'll be in the Chiefs channel tonight if you're a member in the Discord Chiefs channel to watch the Thursday Night Football game together and hang out and talk ball, talk more about this game. Um, but if you're not a member, that's cool. We still appreciate you watching the show. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. There's so much great content on this channel. So the schedule, we got to get this out of the way. Sunday, before the game, we will be on for the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs pregame show. That is going to be, what time is that? I believe we're going live at, uh, what, 6.45 Central Time. And we will stop yep. at about five minutes before the game. They'll come back for the halftime show. And then we'll be here for the postgame show. And there's no end uh, time for that. So however long it goes, it goes. But we'll be here for that. By the way, Stacking the Box will be on 11 to noon to break down all the games as we pick them before the games get rolling. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to Stacking the Box, please do it. We interviewed Drew Brees today. We had Clay Matthews on earlier this week. He was a lot of fun. By the way, Drew Brees had a lot to say about Arrowhead Stadium and Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, some interesting stuff. You can check that out over on the Stack in the Box page. And we actually hit a milestone today. We crossed over 5,000 subscribers. So thank nice. you to all of you who are subscribers. And if you're not, what the hell? Go over there and subscribe to the damn page. Over there, working my ass off. The least you could do is subscribe to it. So uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. um, I want to give a shout out to Coolio. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Lost a a good one uh, from back in my days growing up. Um, Lost Coolio. Verderam, we're getting into Count Chocula season. I know you've already taken down a box like I do. I've got another box. I haven't opened it up yet. I got to tell you, man, Mag sends me, uh, for those who, who don't know, that's my wife. She sends me a message yesterday. I'm sitting here working. She, she, she was awesome. She took the dogs to the vet. She ran to the grocery store, sends me a picture, three pictures on my phone of pumpkin Cheerios, Reese's with bats. And, um, oh God, what was the other thing she got me? Another, another, oh, Fruity Pebbles Halloween edition. Beautiful. And I just said, you know, this woman gets me. She's my soulmate. Um, so I haven't, I haven't dove into the Fruity Pebbles Halloween edition yet. I'm excited, but you've had, have you had the Reese's with bats? I have I had a year ago. Um, it's very good. It's very good. I also, I have my second box account. So I had a bowl last night. I'm feeling good about it. Nice. nice. So yeah, tonight, right after we get off this, I'm going out to have a beer with the old man. And then, uh, we sit down with, uh, Maisie and my dad, and we're going to watch the Bengals and the Dolphins. She is like super into football. By the way, her whole goal in life now, uh, is she wants to meet Patrick Mahomes. That's just everything. It's all she wants to do. To, I, to meet him or be to meet him. him. Yes. She wants, she's like, I want to go to a Chiefs game at Arrowhead Stadium. And I want to meet Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, you want to watch him? No, I want to meet him. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll see uh, what I can do. But you it, need it, to make that happen. I know, I know. Yeah. I gotta like, you know, I gotta get in touch with them. Maybe reach out to people. Hey, listen, man. You call up and you're like, it's for my daughter. Yeah, she really wants to meet Patrick Mahomes. The coolest, the coolest she's ever thought I was was she like asked me. She knows obviously what I do for a living, and she was like, have you have you ever met Patrick Mahomes? I was like, yes. I'm like I have. I've 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 interviewed him before down at the Super Bowl. She's like, you've interviewed Patrick Mahomes. And I as I pulled up my phone, I found you know the clips I had from the, being at the game, and one of them was talking to him at the podium, and she was just like, "That's that's awesome. I want to talk to Patrick Mahomes." I'm like, okay, we have to 
I'm going to try to make it happen. I'm going to try to make it happen. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking he's probably a little busy. So it's, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. But uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to somehow find a way to, uh, to make it work. Jeremy, thank you for the offer, man. That is way too kind. But uh, I, I got I to get the queen to the stadium. And then eventually, somehow, even if, even, look, even if I got to sit in a line at like a mall or something, he's signed, whatever, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll bite that bullet. Like I just, you know, she would lose her mind. So that would be pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you've done your job. If her hero right now is Patrick Mahomes, uh, yep. you've done All your life. job. And I'm, I'm sure that she'll be soon joining us as a co-host of this podcast. She already kind of is. <laughs> You know, brings brings a little bit of analysis and uh, brightens up our day sometimes during the show. So happy birthday, uh, belated birthday to Maisie, Patrick Mahomes, number one fan. All right, everybody, we got to get out of here. It's uh, it's almost time for Thursday Night Football. Can't tell you how much we appreciate your support. A special shout out to our members. See you guys in the Discord tonight. But we'll be back here on Sunday for the Chiefs pregame show. And, of course, our regular schedule will resume next week. Uh, for Matt Verdera, my name is Patrick Allen. Appreciate your support. And as always... Go Chiefs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.